What's up? This is Amanda Kiernan from Into Eternity and the Order of Chaos. Hey guys, this is Stu from Death Dealer. This is Zoe from Insatia. Hey, this is David Rivera from Ex Mortis. Hi, this is Ida from Trisphere, and you are listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Music fans, do we have a treat for you today. The podcast returns, stretching across the Atlantic to speak with two incredible musicians. We have Carla Van Heusen and Mike Safry from the Dutch symphonic metal band La Ventura. Mike and Carla, welcome to The Great Metal Debate. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Robert. Hi, Robert. Let's begin by getting folks up to speed on the history of La Ventura, when it was formed, and how the band came together. Uh, we'll do a small sum up of our history. 2006 was the first ever initial thought about the band. Uh, in 2007, the band was complete. We started writing songs. 2008 was the release of the first album, A New Beginning, also in the US, uh, through the record company Renaissance Records. After that, we had a small pause in, in our career. Uh, we did a small mini-album, an EP, in 2009. And then we had to work very hard to complete our second album, which took more than three years to make. So when this one was released, it was 2012. Um, and now we're not in 2015. I have had an opportunity to listen to both A New Beginning and White Crow, which I'm very excited about. Just received that uh, back about a month ago and can't stop listening to that album. I have my own thoughts, but stylistically, how would you both characterize the music of La Ventura? Well, that's a difficult question because um, uh, we can say it's it's really rock and metal. And, um, of course, female-fronted, that's also a, a good term. Uh, so, for us, it is female-fronted rock metal. And, uh, of course, on the first album, we had uh, some uh, keyboard uh, lines. And so, okay, that was a little bit symphonic, um, and it was less uh, on the second album. So it's not uh, particularly symphonic, but we do have a lot of melody in it. So that's why it is, um, yeah, female-fronted rock metal, melodic metal, something like that. There are certainly a lot of influences that one can hear listening to those two albums. What were the artists that have inspired or influenced each of you as musicians? For the songwriting, um, speaking for myself, I'm from more the new metal wave from the uh, late 90s, beginning of 2000. Um, I seriously uh, kill switch and gate and machine had all those kinds of bands. So for me, it was very hard to make something for Lamentura because we have a female vocalist. Um, 
when we did the first album, of course, you can hear uh, Evanescence, for instance, as a somewhat of an example. But for the second album, uh, we had to make it our own. And um, maybe it was more like groove, mixing with rock, mixing with metal, and staying in touch with the vocal lines for Carla. Um, so for me, as it comes for examples, I'm more into the heavy way of uh, the metal scene, but for Carla, it's very different. Yes, I am more uh, to the pop and the rock uh, music. So for me, uh, Alain Morissette was one of my uh, biggest influences because, uh, well, she, she wrote uh, the songs uh, with a lot of uh, freedom in her lyrics and um, it was really uh, very inspi- inspirational for and also of course, uh, Evanescence and uh, Lacuna Coral is also uh, one of my favorites. So that's more, um, yeah, it, it, grow, it has grown into metal for me, but it started with uh, uh, the pop music for me. So, and the guys were all uh, metal. So it's, it's very nice to make uh, a, good, um, a good mix uh, of both. So, yeah. When I listen to your music, it's not exactly like the other bands from the Netherlands, but I am struck by how the Netherlands is such a vibrant breeding ground for metal bands. So many great metal and rock acts come from your country. We've had Charlotte from Delane and Diane from Ex Libris on our podcast before. Why do you think your country is so strong in so many different genres of music? I think uh, we have gotten the opportunity to grow in this world of music. Uh, with bands like Within Temptation, they made uh, this little country of the Netherlands more known, and that's why doors were opened to us as musicians. Um, abroad labels uh, took a lot of Dutch bands in, so they could have a career. And that is still growing, it's fantastic. At the local level, are you still seeing many new bands rising up? All the time, <laughs> yes, we have a lot of good bands and uh, also local, yes, there are a lot of bands uh, who are trying uh, yeah, to step up the plate and uh, it's really crowded, I have to say, but uh, well, we're trying to do our best and uh, yeah, I think it's going well for us now. Well, the competition has served you well uh, as evidenced by the music of your band and, and let's talk about that music to me, it's incredibly well-crafted, quite different, the first album to the second album, but it's obvious with both that you all put a lot of time and effort into the writing and composing process. You mentioned almost three years on the writing of White Crow. Can you give us some insight into what that composition process is like? If it comes to the songwriting, the music side of it all, um, I start with what we call a blueprint. Um, I have to capability to write the full song um, with my computer, um, making the drum lines, playing the bass lines and making the guitar lines. Um, This is crafted to what we call a blueprint. It gives a good impression of what the song can be. Then I have to give Carla all the space to do her vocal lines um, and when that is ready, this blueprint is presented to the rest of the band and they say yes or no. Then the vocal melodies are written after the initial composition? Indeed, yes. Yes, 
and it's always uh, uh, for me uh, yeah a really uh, good process to um, yeah, to listen to the music and uh, find um, a, a real uh, atmosphere in the music and, and that's for me important when I know um, the song a little bit uh, I've listened to it a couple of times then I know uh, a little bit uh, of the style what I'm going to do and um, I just just let it go my creation uh, is not uh, something that I um, really know up front I'm just uh, blank into it and uh, uh, yeah it's always nice to hear for myself that what I uh, come up with so it's always a surprise for me too uh, but it's uh, it's really nice to do uh, it's, it's always a surprise and uh, it's all about chemistry I think that's one of the things that is really important when you uh, listen to the songs and uh, listen to the music and try to write a vocal line uh, when you hear uh, chemistry in it then then it's good talking about those songs and, and in particular your last album White Crow released in 2012 I can't stop listening to it and particularly that title track just so beautifully written what was the response to that album when you first put it out after putting in so much work and how do you evaluate it in hindsight we are very fortunate that when we released it for the Benelux only uh, straight after when the mixing and mastering was done um, the full press was really, really positive. Um, in all honesty, I can admit that we did not receive any negative reviews at all. So with this uh, behind us, we pushed our album through the whole of Europe. And indeed, also the reviews they made were also very positive. So we are very fortunate with the result. You talked earlier about the chemistry of the band and uh Having watched some of the live videos on the internet, uh, it seems to me the band does have a tremendous chemistry on stage. Has that been natural from day one, or did it take some time to develop that live rapport? This has been a process and, of course, development. Um, we, tra we changed a few times within the band, and today we have the right formation. When we are now on stage, you see a grown-up band playing their asses off for the audience. And we really, really enjoy ourselves at that moment. And this is what the people can see when they are looking at us live. Yeah, you talked about the, the changes in lineup. And I noticed in the recent live performances that I've watched, uh, the keys and orchestration are all done as backing tracks. In the past, did you ever have a keyboardist on stage, and is that something you might anticipate doing in the future? We have had a keyboard player for the first album. Um, when we noticed that um, things were getting seriously, we had to perform more professionally. Uh, we had to cut them loose. So for the second album, we started without a keyboard player. And within the writing process, when we used the keyboard, it was so little, but just enough that we thought, okay, for live performances, uh, our backing tracks will be enough. And in that full process, we never thought about getting a new keyboard player for the live circuit. Let's talk a little about the future. You already have pre-orders available for the EP, the mini album that you've completed. First, why the choice to do uh, an EP follow-up to White Crow versus a full studio album? Well, the answer is 
at, at least very simple. With this mini album, we want to promote ourselves to the higher level of this music industry. We see that we are having a good moment writing new songs. Uh, we wish to see if a new label with more capabilities can pick us up and let us go to a new studio for the third album. This is a tremendous amount of money you have to have. And for us, we did White Crow fool ourselves, uh, but we had to bleed enormously. So for a third album, we thought, okay, let's promote just four songs and see if we can attract a good label so they can do the budget themselves so we can go into a good studio and have a kick-ass album again. As far as the musical style, is this an outgrowth of White Crow, or will we see some new influences appear on this uh, EP? We can say this is definitely the new phase and stage of this band. Um, we can call it Laventura 2.0, because you will hear enormous growth in how we uh, started the writing process, how we now uh, perform, and the style, although it's maybe a big surprise for many of our loyal fans, you will still hear and feel of Endura in all its aspects, like good melody lines and good grooves. Sounds like a little of the old and a bit of the new. Outline for us what the timeline is for the release of that EP and, and what you all have coming up the remainder of 2015. Well, uh, it's all in a short term at the moment. We have the release planned on November 7th. This will mean that we still have uh, a little bit of four or five weeks to complete the mixing process, the mastering, the reproduction, and of course all the artwork for the mini album. We can make it, we will make it, let's put it that way. And after that, we will perform um, live to do the promotion. Um, the promotion will kick in in the second week of November, and then we do a lot of more gigs, hopefully until the summer of 2016. When this is done, we hope to have attracted a new good label as a good partner, so we can go into studio again. And so, tour expectations, Netherlands, obviously. Are there some other places that you have enough information to speak about that you will be visiting? Yes, we have a few gigs on also some festivals. We have uh, in the second week of November, uh, three gigs in a row with a cool Italian band called Sleeping Romans. We're going to perform together at the Brainstorm Festival. That's a good um metal festival here in the Netherlands, which promotes all kinds of metal and rock music. Um, after that, we will do more uh, in Belgium and Holland again, and for the next year, also Germany and the UK are planned. Yes, we're going to uh, the Quinphonic Festival in Birmingham, and that's in, uh, I think, the 26th and 27th of March 2016. So to your Western European fans, no excuses. They will be able to see you live coming up here in only a matter of months. True. Yeah. Exciting news. Well, wrapping up with you today, Mike and Carla, how can people find out more about the band La Ventura, including how to purchase music and merchandise? You can follow us, of course, on our social media pages on 
Facebook and of course we have Twitter to found uh, find us on the internet to purchase an album you can go to our official band homepage it's loveandura.com there is a shop attached and there you can find all the albums our uh, t-shirts all kind of things you want to have about and want to know about love and Jura. i really want our listeners to check out love and Jura. i honestly haven't stopped listening to white crow since it arrived in my mailbox and i'm excited to pre-order that new ep soon carla had i haven't seen a name is that name been disclosed yet or is that something that's still pending public release uh, i want to say this for carla <laughs> uh, it's still um how shall i put it it's still a surprise we we want to have a good name uh, that rings a, a, a long time to uh, into 2016 um but we have to choose one um and this is a process we're going to choose this as a band and this is this weekend this weekend yes yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> well. yeah. You put the pressure on yourself now by saying this yeah, weekend. Yeah. So <laughs> that's great. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Excited about the future of your band. So much good music. Again, encourage our fans. Check out this album, White Crow. Check out the first album, A New Beginning. Look for that upcoming To Be Named This Weekend EP because I'm <laughs> sure it's going to be a killer. Mike, Carla, many thanks for joining us today on The Great Metal Debate. Thank you, Robert. Thank you very much, Lewis. It was a pleasure. I will fight for you now.